Hello and welcome to Catholic Bites, a podcast for busy Catholics. This is Father Conrad. I have with me today a special guest, Dr. John Aquaviva. Uh, John, you are a professor at Wingate University in North Carolina and a author and Catholic speaker. So thank you so much for joining us today. This is great to be here. Thank you, Father. Yeah, no, it's awesome. And so we're going to talk a little bit about your book, Improving Your Body Image Through Catholic Teaching. And I think that's a topic that not that many people have thought about, putting Catholic teaching and, and body image together. So why don't you, why'd you write the book? What's the book about? The main reason I wrote it is because I know uh, through having taught college level, 18 to 20-year-old, you know, 18 to 22-year-old um, students, basically, that's the common age. And so many of them struggle with poor body image. Mm-hmm. And in my 20 years as a college professor, uh, you know, we have a lot of what's called intensive advising, where it goes beyond the discussion of what am I going to take next semester, mm-hmm. when am I going to graduate, and so forth. And through this process, especially as the students trust me a little more through the years, like, in other words, they, they'll tell me very little as a freshman or sophomore, but by the time they become seniors, they start to share mm-hmm. a lot of their struggles, what's going on at home, maybe some of the things they struggle with themselves, and so forth. We talk about faith often. But one of the issues that came up regularly, especially with the young women, was they struggled with their body image, the way they saw their own body. Mm-hmm. And there's a bunch of stats out there, and you're probably familiar with them to a certain extent, depending on the age group, but about 70% of all girls struggle with some form of their body, either their, their face, their hair, the shape of their body, their weight, whatever the case is. 70%, that's a, that's a big number. And the number has grown for guys over the years, too. It used to be about 10% in the 1980s. Now that's grown to 33%. Mm. In other words, one-third of all men. In both categories or both situations, those stats are strongest in the teens and then the early 20s, obviously. And then as we age, we start to gain a little more perspective on what our body was made for, that it doesn't need to be perfect to be functional, and so forth. And so... As I reflected in seminary, and, and um, that's something that you didn't mention, but I was in seminary for a couple of years for mm-hmm. the Diocese of Richmond, and that's when I was introduced to JP2's Theology of the Body. And a lot of the, your listeners may be familiar with it. Yeah, you of course, are. Yeah. And so many people that are especially faithful and follow church teaching and so forth, they're familiar with that particular set of um, talks that he gave. There were, it was 120 plus presentations. And it was mainly geared, as you know, toward people that were married, to get them to have a, a particular view um, of marriage and mm-hmm. that the body was made, you know, the female body was made for the male body mm-hmm. and so forth. But what I did is I took his overall view uh, w- within the theology of body teachings and, and, and took this away from it, that we were embodied for a reason, mm-hmm. that the appreciation of our body shouldn't be governed by TV or magazines. It should be governed by this, the great creator, right? The, mm-hmm. the, the being who made this body for us and he made it for a reason God did. And it has a particular purpose it has a particular purpose in friendships has a particular purpose in marriage has a particular purpose in our jobs and so forth. And ultimately times we, we have no appreciation for that. We have no appreciation for what it can do. We just always, we tend to focus, I shouldn't say always, but we tend to focus on what it can't do, that it's not perfect, that I'm not tall enough to do this, yeah. that whatever the case is with that. And that standard of perfection seems to come about primarily because of the media and, and, and the milieu of our society, that society views the body 
is one thing, right. whereas God made our body for something pretty different from what society seems to want. Society Absolutely. views everything in terms of uh, sexualization, in terms of attractiveness, in terms right. of what it can use the body to sell. And it seems like this this cycle, this current of, of bad, poor body image must come from this just harsh cultural uh, situation that we're in. Right. Yeah, there's, in you know, I have a couple chapters in the book you mentioned that uh, that discuss this. And one in particular is geared exactly at and it's data-based it's all driven by the research and you know it's it's pretty much what people think right televisions at the Mm -hmm. top of the list videos on on youtube and so forth play a role the single biggest factor though probably is just the still images that we see Mm -hmm. because it's not three-dimensional we don't hear the person talk we don't know what they've gone through to actually take that picture Mm -hmm. the picture can be manipulated through what we know as photoshop and so forth and but regardless of the avenue in which the, perf- the perfect body is presented to us, what it leaves us with, the researchers tell us, is what's called the social comparison theory. Mm. If we look at images, like say in a magazine, we, what we tend to do is the more times we view those images and the longer we view those images, after we've closed that book, the longer we compare ourselves mm. to what we see in those magazines. And when we compare ourselves, even if we're fairly attractive, even if we work out a lot and are in good shape, we're eventually going to lose the contest Mm -hmm. for those reasons I just mentioned. Sometimes in one still photo, those people, literally the models, the bodybuilders, whoever those people are, they could have worked for not just weeks, but months up to that photo shoot. Mm -hmm. shoot. So their eating could be to a minimum. Their exercise could be, you know, you know, over the roof. Mm -hmm. And on top of it, it can be photoshopped. You don't have a chance against photos like that. You don't have a chance against images like that. And that has played a, a big role. And we know that, for instance, in the 30s and the 40s, even though there was body image issues, it's not near what it is yeah. today because of all these images that just flash yeah, to us. Yeah. Our society is so focused on external things. Yeah. And of course, the body was given to us, You know, part of what JP2 says, the body is given to us to express externally that internal, uh, you know, drama of the human soul, you know, right. and and we're so focused on the external, and we don't right. get to the internal at all. You know, the, the beauty of why we were created embodied is to right. express love. You know, and of course, and this just cheapens it in so many ways. So, your book also has, I mean, it diagnoses the problem, obviously, right. um, which is pretty easy to see in in so many ways. Although I, I, I imagine some of our listeners probably haven't even thought about. No. It at all, and, but we all, you know, in some way or form, we're we're swimming in this this culture. But right. you also the the beautiful thing about your book uh, is that it also provides mm. kind of a way to heal uh, that that poor body image. That's right, and I talk about practical ways in which to do that. But really, what sets this, this book apart from what other people offer, and and you don't have to research this very far. If you put in the term body image in Google, you would have a million hits, mm-hmm. and I mean that literally. There have been all kinds of articles online and in magazines that have addressed it, like how to improve your body image. Uh, there's been videos that have been done. There are professional speakers that talk about it. There is a, 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 a magazine, a professional peer-reviewed journal that does, does, you know, that has uh, dedicated itself solely to this wow, issue. Wow. It's called body image. Wow. Yeah, and so each and every quarter, you know, a set of articles comes out and all the research. But in essence, 
I don't think we need to see too much more of that research. We know that it's an issue, but the big thing should lie within how do we improve it? Mm -hmm. And I remember a couple years ago, I was reading something in a magazine and it was something, it, it was some innocuous magazine that my wife had, Alicia, and it was fairly innocent, but it said, here's how to improve a body image, mm -hmm. right? And it talked about everything from um, stop comparing yourselves, mm -hmm. you know, slow down or stop, you know, um, subscribing to fashion magazines and so mm -hmm. forth. And everything it said, Father, was spot on, mm -hmm. except at the end, it didn't have the exclamation point. It didn't have the really big thing, and it didn't mention God in any yeah, way. Yeah. And that's where the true healing occurs, yeah. right? And so it's it can come at it from a different angle, a, a couple different ways. But the main thing is what you mentioned, that it is we were embodied for a reason. We were created this way for a reason. And if we allow it to be expressed as God has intended, then what we do is we tend to start viewing it as... Mm -hmm. A, a better tool in our life. Mm -hmm. And and once we start seeing how this tool can be used to help others, to love others, to serve God, to e even to pray to God, think about it. When we think about, especially as Catholics, when we think about praying, especially at night, we probably don't think about standing up. We think about kneeling at mm -hmm, our bedside. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And just the act of kneeling alone is a true body, bodily expression. Yeah. And it's a beautiful expression. In fact, I'm sure you, a lot of our listeners are the same way. If you walk into a church, especially let's say you're traveling, you're on vacation or something, and you, you go, okay, I want to find Mass, and you go to this Mass, and you go to the church, and you look around in the very beginning of Mass, as you are sitting waiting for Mass to begin, you want to kneel mm -hmm. often. And think about some of those churches, and thankfully it's a small percentage, but probably all too big of a percentage ultimately, that don't have kneelers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You feel... You feel shut out to a certain degree. Mm -hmm. Like you, you feel you can't fully express and communicate with God the way that we were taught and the way our bodies were made. Yeah, you know, it's fascinating. Actually, St. Thomas Aquinas, when he talks about adoration, he talks primarily about body position, yeah. about kneeling or prostrating yourself on the ground, that, that we do these external things in order to express not only to God, but to express to ourselves about how That's important right. these things are. And so the body plays such a tremendous role. That's right. And so I guess the healing then comes for our body image when we when we focus on that internal thing and talk to the Lord yeah. and, and allow him to, to show us what the real purpose of our body is. That's right. You know, um, one of the things I truly appreciate and love about the Protestant church, and you're, you're probably familiar with this as so many of our listeners are, um, you know, you go by a, a Protestant church and they have the marquee out there and mm -hmm. they have all these kind of clever sayings, yeah, 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 right? Yeah, yeah. And some of them are so clever that you wish you would have thought of it. You wish that, but I remember one said, if you want to stand up to God, get on your knees. Yeah. Right? And so that was just one more way of expressing or kind of epitomizing what you're talking about. And the other thing I was thinking about, and, and other saints have probably said this, but I try to articulate it so it's just to the everyday reader, especially the young person. Mm. This book in, in particular is probably going to speak loudest to older teens and young adults, mm -hmm. probably the, between the ages of 15, 16, and maybe 35 or so. I think everybody would get benefit from this book because we do know that a lot of people suffer from it. Mm -hmm. and, it and people that are faithful, even Catholics, they're not excluded from these numbers. Oh, a lot yeah. of people struggle with this. And one of the things I was thinking about is, as you were talking, is not only should we kneel when we're praying, but think about whenever you see, ever you see a picture of somebody in confession, 
they're rarely standing. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. They're on their knees. The priest is sitting, and the person that the confessor is on their knees. It's a very humbling kind of posture, but it's also something very prayerful. Mm -hmm. And as soon as you kneel, it puts you like in the immediate presence of God. And this leads to the question that you asked just a couple minutes ago, and then how, what role directly does our faith play? And I'll just mention a couple. One, of course, is the Eucharist. Many people know, not everybody knows, but in Greek, of course, it translates to giving thanks. Mm -hmm. And that's the very thing that we should do. And I've even heard priests say, when they're teaching people how to pray, that should be the very first part yeah. of your prayer, is thank God for so many things that he has given you. And in particular, he has embodied you and he has created you. Mm -hmm. and, and if nothing else, or I should say um, um, among all other things, to praise him and to thank him. And that's one of the things that we should do each and every time we receive the Eucharist is rather than fret on what we don't have, rather than fret on um, things that we should have or could have, more money, better looks, whatever the case is, let's make our glass half full mm -hmm. rather than half empty. And that is one of the best ways in which to do it. And if we remember this whole issue about body image, that it is not for, for perfection. It's not to be, to be in this category of really sexy or really attractive or just for the youth. It's not for that. that. That is a gift that God has given to some people for sure. But when we don't have those things, it doesn't mean we have any less dignity than mm -hmm. anybody else. And God has tried so hard through scripture and through all these writings and so forth. And I've tried to do it through this book that, that there's so much to be appreciative of. And one of the things, other things is just the participation in math mass. Now I know the Eucharist is part of mass, but I'm talking about the whole thing. And mm -hmm. you probably have heard this before. Somebody once noted that if you were to watch somebody in mass and be a non-participant, you were just to watch somebody in mass um, I heard them call it and refer to it as Catholic aerobics. Because if you were to put it, right, if you were to put it on um, speed film yeah. and do it in like, say, two minutes time, you'd, if you didn't know any better, you would think they're doing some form of exercise, right? We, we start- Up, down, yeah, sit, sit down. Yeah, right, we're doing all this. And, and the, that's part of the blessing here. And that's part of the gift of the body is it allows us to fully participate in mass. Mm -hmm. And further- Think about the senses alone, right? I'm not just talking about the bodily mm -hmm. posture, but we smell the incense. Mm -hmm, we mm -hmm. see the Eucharist raised. Mm -hmm. We hear the singing, right? We use all, we taste the body and blood of our Lord. All those senses are very much in play, and that is all the body. Mm -hmm. And this is that much more reason to be thankful for this wonderful gift, the human body. And just don't forget, we're embodied for a reason. That's awesome. That's awesome. And I think it's, it's really helpful. Uh, also to remember, I mean, when we feel inadequate, when we feel belittled or, 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 or unimportant or, or by societal standards lacking, to remember that we have a God who infinitely loves us, and right. who chose us in our littleness. And I think so many people, not just with body image, but just in general, feel so inadequate and so imperfect, and they feel their weakness is so prevalent. And just to remember that God loves you so dearly, no matter right. who you are or what you've done. Well, thank you so much, John. Thanks for joining us today. Just I'll plug your books one more time. Improving Your Body Image Through Catholic Teaching is the one we've been talking about. You also have one that's really helpful, Raising Kids with a Healthy Body Image, a guide for Catholic parents, which especially for people with younger kids might be a great uh, thing to, to read and to, to study and to help 
bring to your family life. And so, those can be found on Amazon or wherever books are sold, right? That's right. Um, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, thank you, everyone, for listening. If you enjoyed this talk, you'd like to listen to other great Catholic talks, you can find us at CatholicBitesPodcast.com or you can find us on Apple Podcasts. Thank you and God bless you.